Gather your gear. It's time to head out for our road trip across America that will scare your pants off. Along the way, with your hosts, you'll be setting up camp in some of the scariest places they can find. Discover each episode a cryptid, a haunting, and a strange encounter. Climb aboard a cryptid camper if you're brave. Take it away, Tom. Hi, guys. Live from our cryptid camper, I'm Tom, here with my good friend, Shay. And we'd like to thank you for joining us on Season 1, Episode 14 of the Scare Your Pants Off, an American Road Trip podcast. Today, we set up camp in Connecticut. So, how are you doing today, Shay? I, I'm really, really good, and I actually just wanna, I, I wanna give you some credit, like some public acknowledgement, because we are 14 episodes in, and you are not sick of me yet, I don't think. So this is, <laughs> no, this not is at all. It's same. You're not sick of me, I don't think. So we're, I think no, we're doing I think you're good. good. You're good. Yeah, I, I can't believe it's 14. I mean, yeah, I know. This is uh, they're they're flying by. God, we're we're. We're coming up on the halfway mark. It's insane yeah. to me. It's, We're uh, getting podcast old. Yeah, like, really. Think, right? We're like in the teen years of podcasting, I guess. Yeah, so. it's, and I think they said, I was listening to a podcast. I think they they said by like your 30th episode or so, that's when you're really hitting your groove. That's like, really? yeah, that's when you're really, everything gets real easy. Like, I, I think we've already found a good groove and everything like that. But they say everything really comes together in those, that 30 around there is what I've heard. So, but um, yeah, 14, unbelievable, unbelievable. So what's new with you? You know, nothing. I'm pretty boring. <laughs> nothing really. Just kind of same stuff, different day, and just really nothing. I have I have no nothing good to report yet right now. So what about you? What do you got going on? No, I work a lot. I mean, it's almost Christmas at this point. I mean, this episode will be out way after, but it's almost Christmas. I which uh, just ready to get it kind of over with at this point now, and just get through the holiday season. I'm. But not a whole lot either. I'm boring. I work a lot. And not a whole heck of a lot going on at all. That's okay. So do you want to dive right in then? Sure. Let's do it. All right. So I have today's cryptid. Time for the cryptid. And it's a, uh, it's one of those things where it's it's kind of a cryptid. But it's kind of it's not your standard. You know, big, hairy, scaly, bird, man, swimmy creature with scales. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty case in point, and, um, I, but I was really kind of drawn to it. And uh, so I want to talk about the Jewett City Vampires. Have you ever heard of that? No, but weirdly enough, and I, I won't go into it, yeah, I just listened to a podcast on a cult. That was based out of Jewett City, which I had never heard of Jewett City until three, four days ago. And <laughs> it just random this cult that kind of that people are calling it um was one of their areas was Jewett City. So very small world. Small world. Right. But I do not know anything about the Jewett City vampires at all. 
That's see, it's funny because I I've never heard of Jewett City until I researched this. So we we're both learning something new. Um, <laughs> it's kind of cool. Um, all right, so this takes place in Griswold, Connecticut. Nice. And it's centered around the Ray family, and I'll explain more why it's centered around the Ray family after. Um, but in the mid 19th century, uh, to what's now known as tuberculosis, um, really was running rampant. It was devastating, catastrophic, killing countless people and, and just devastating. Um, so in 1845, Henry B. Ray would suffer his first loss of his son at 24 years old um, to what we now know as tuberculosis. In 1853, uh, he will experience his second loss of his then 26-year-old son, uh, Elisha, I apologize for the pronunciation, Ray, in 1853. Mm. And in 1854, a year later, he would lose his eldest boy from tuberculosis. And, it, and I... I literally have goosebumps. Just I can't even, I, I can't even wrap my head around how oh. awful that had to be, and yeah. especially not understanding it the way we understanding it now. Not that it makes it better, but it's, you know, it, you have this. I think they called it the. Um, it was called the wasting away disease in oh. the fourth in a in the forties and fifties. Um, so after the first two deaths, he was. Um, Henry Ray decided to exhume the bodies of the first two sons that he lost, and they would use a method of bone disruption. So bone disruption is basically they take, it's usually two leg bones or like a, or arm bones, but typically leg bones, and then the skull would be detached, and they would be placed in a skull and crossbone oh, kind of style. Yeah. And then, and you're going to like this part um they take the heart out and they burn it hmm that reminds yeah. me of somebody right like, sounds a little familiar yeah mercy brown mm-hmm so some more time would pass a couple more years and and within that time the ray family would completely perish now from tuberculosis every every member of the ray family would would be lost wow yep so now the wasting away disease or tuberculosis was rumored at least in this area to be the work of vampires it was thought to be spread by vampires and they would exhume the bodies and uh and burn you know, either do the bone disruption or burn them completely to keep them from coming out of the ground and and killing more people is, is what they thought was happening. Now, kind of sad for the Ray family, but I think we all see how this actually happens today even, is uh, it's actually the media that centered this around the Ray family. And it was, they were the focal point of it, but it in truth, this was happening all over the place. Bodies were being burnt in, in this manner because of the vampire rumors and, and whatnot. But 
again, it was tuberculosis that killed all of these people. But it's I wanted to pick this because it's even especially today, even like I said, it's the media really you see what they yeah. want you to see. And it's that's why I picked this one. And I thought it was kind of a neat cryptid because it does have, you know, there's rumors behind it, like kind of like a curse and stuff like that. But yeah, that's that's why I wanted to pick this one. I love it. I love it because I mean vampires cool. Um, although like the the late nineties, early two thousands started to make them uncool. I think where they try to make them like sexy and, like, and weird and teenage. Yeah, and, they did. Um, but no, very cool. Uh, I had mentioned as you were talking. My first thought: Mercy Brown. Um, which makes sense because uh, like when we talked about Mercy Brown, it was there was that vampire scare happening and it was uh, Rhode Island and I think maybe Vermont and then like Eastern or Western Connecticut and uh, in that region. So um, which I know, I, I believe Jewett City, it's like about 45 minutes from Killingly, Connecticut, I believe is what I heard on that other podcast. But yeah, that was my immediate thought because, you know, the family's dying of you know tb which was our consumption and um same as the brown family and then the whole burning of the heart which in the browns instant then they they mixed mm. it and made the son drink it and then he died because of course he just drank fucking you know yeah. acids of a, a dead person's heart so uh but yeah i uh so right away i love i love that tie-in because we're in that area and uh we had already discussed M mercy brown Plus, like I said, it's a vampire. I think it's great. And again, you know, it's, uh, and I, and I do it. It's like when I have a short one, I always seem to apologize, but there's nothing wrong with short because we can always talk, I mean, about it. And um, it's, yeah, you don't, not everything needs to be long. And um, no, it's a, it's a great story. And I had never known about this, uh, that whole uh, phone destruction. That's really, yeah. I find that fascinating, like that they'll actually, you know, sever or break off bones and put them into a cross or whatever. And um, that's, uh, that's something I didn't know. Um, yeah, that it's so funny that Jewish City, like I said, I just heard about it the other day. And I'll, um, when we're off, I'll, I'll try to look up that podcast and I'll tell you what it is. But yeah, about a cult out of the Jewett City. They, they, they're out of Jewett City and then they also have like a chapter, I guess you would call it, of the cult or whatever over in England. And uh, uh, which it sounds like this Jewett City is uh, a happening place. So, Very much so. Um, but yeah, no, I loved it. Great choice. Great choice. Time for the hunt. Yeah. Well, this week I had the haunting and oh god, it's Connecticut. You can't you can't walk around a corner without tripping over a haunting. But mm -hmm. I did I wanted to go with something that uh was a little off the beaten path and not, you know, the haunting in Connecticut, not the one that everybody knows that there's been a hundred movies made about or a hundred, you know, whatever, or books or whatever. I uh I, I wanted to pick on maybe a little lesser known, well, still known, but maybe, you know, not in those veins. So have you ever heard of the curse of Donna Ellen Hall? I know a little, and but it, what I know, I, it's 
awesome. So I'm, I'm super excited to hear what you're going to say, but I, I know a little bit, but yeah, no, take it away. I'm excited. All right. So, um, Dunnellan Hall was built atop a hill in 1918, overlooking 26 acres of the most expensive and most beautiful real estate in all of Connecticut. It's actually in Greenwich, Connecticut, which is a very well-off area of Connecticut. Excuse me. Um, originally, it was completed for a million dollars, which seems like nothing now, but it was 1918. So that's a lot of money back then. Um, it had this 28 room Jacobean mansion has over 21,000 feet of living space. Freaking huge. Wow. So Daniel Gray. What's that? That's a lot. That's huge. Yes, it's huge. So Daniel Gray Reed built it as a wedding gift to his daughter and her new family. And the family lived there until 1950 without incident. Um, they then sold it to the steel magnate Loring Washburn. And this is where we started to get into the curse. So uh, Washburn was the first to experience bad luck at this place. He, um, his uh, financial empire, he was super well off. His financial empire began to dwindle. And by 1963, so just 13 years after moving in, he was in complete ruin, uh, broke, no money. So the property was seized from him. Taken away. So then it sat, sat vacant for a few years. It was then bought by showgirl and heiress Greg Sherwood Dodge Moran in 1966. So three years after it was seized, she uh, she bought it. She was an heiress to the Dodge Motor Company, uh, as oh, well as the showgirl, very well off. Um, and by all accounts, nothing really bad happened to her uh, or her family. Uh, but after they had moved out, um, about a decade after they had moved out, because uh, they only lived there for about two years, her ex-husband it was her husband i think when she bought it her ex-husband ended up committing suicide by shooting himself in the head and some people tie that to the curse um others don't because it didn't happen in there it was after they had moved out and uh she was no longer married to him all that but some people tie it to it again they lived there uh, she only lived there about two years before she sold it <laughs> before she sold it to Jack R. Dick. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's, yeah, um, yeah. I'm going to try to get... <laughs> oh, God, I... Good that. <laughs> Jack R. Dick. Um, his, his middle initial really has to be R. Like, I know. Does, yeah, it, yeah. does it? Okay. All right. Good luck. Every, Go on. Every time they, they write his name, it's never like 
Jack Dick or do, it's always Jack R. Dick. Oh, God. That's way more unfortunate. Oh, my gosh. Don't say it like that. That sounds even worse. That's why they put the R. Oh, my word. Okay. Well, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. I didn't realize until I said it like that. But, yeah, Jack Dick. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, so. boy. Okay. <laughs> Composure. <laughs> All right. So, so within three years buying the home <laughs> dick <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> oh, okay it's okay we're adults we got this yes <laughs> should not be this funny but it is uh so within three years of buying the home dick <sighs> was indicted by a grand jury for shady financial dealings all right um he ended up he ended up dying in 1974 um before the case went to trial so he had already been indicted but uh he hadn't gone officially gone to trial and he died so another person you know loses money goes into financial ruin and then dies um so then what's that the poor dick go on <laughs> poor, poor jack or our dick <laughs> um the next owner was uh, Ravi Taku or Tiko. I'm not sure. It's T I K K O O. And um, he had made his fortune in oil super tankers. Um, so he buys it. And But less than a decade later, he is also gone bust, forcing him to sell. So, yeah, another person goes into financial ruin. And this. And, and now, at this point, this is when the, none other than the Helmsley, Harry and the Queen of Mean, Leona Helmsley, buy the home. They are real estate moguls. She is just known for being a very rotten woman, very, very mean. So they, uh, they buy, the Helmsleys purchased the house in 1983 for $11 million dollars. Uh, to be used as just a summer home. Must be nice. You know, 21,000 square foot is just going to be your summer home. Um, and uh, so they buy it in 83 for $11 million. Um, how, uh, Leona, the queen of mean Helmsley, after moving in, thinks it's, it's kind of a dump. It's not up to her standards. So she, uh, they start to do renovations. And this is the start of the Helmsley's undoings. Uh, again, she was known as the Queen of Mean, and you know she would have you know companies and construction companies or whatever come in and work on the house, and then she would try to either not pay them or pay them less than what they agreed upon. You know, she would you know when they would send in the bill, she would you know get back to them and be like. Oh, it was not up to standard. You did a shitty job, blah, 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 trying to do it. And she did this to just numerous companies. She'd have them come in, do, you know, a few million dollars, probably worth of work, and then try not to pay them for it. So she did this to this one company. And this guy was like, no, you owe me too much money. And he was he was not having it. So he decided, uh, but he's like, he knows, you know, they're real estate moguls. They're super connected. And mm -hmm um they you know just he knows that it's taking him to court it's probably going to be futile because it just 
they've been taken apart before. They always get off um, either through their connections, through their money, bribes, whatever. So he devises a plan where he contacts the presses, like the New York Times and, you know, all the and, and established media outlets, like important ones, Washington Journal, stuff like that. Um, and starts telling what's going on, what's happened with these other companies. So the they start to investigate. And, you know, they uncover, yes, she had been doing that to a bunch of companies trying not to pay them. But also they uncovered that on top of that, she when they were paying some of the renovations, they were trying they were trying to write it off as business expenses for their real estate uh, empire. So that it was, oh, we fixed up this house, getting right off, not paying taxes on it, blah, blah, blah. So then it was, you know, put out by the New York Times and other media outlets, which then caught the the eye of the IRS and the U.S. government. And they started to build the case and go after the Helmsleys for tax evasion and fraud. So it looks like they're finally going to get what's coming to them. Maybe. So they, uh, yep, they bring up the charges, tax evasion, fraud, and a bunch of other charges. Um, and, uh, yep, they take them to court. And while um, they uh, take them to court, uh, Harry's, uh, can, the husband's condition, he, he's um, starting to deteriorate. He's getting older. He's, uh, you know, starting to get sick, fall sick and everything. And he ends up dying during the trial. Um, and... Uh, but after quite a while, Leona is actually found guilty, which Good. is huge. Yes. And she actually has to, you know, on top of a ton of fines and pay back people and all that and square off with the government as well. She also has to do an 18 month stretch in, in a federal prison. Very good. Yes. It's, it's one of the few times where it's like, wow, finally justice for one of these shit bags. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, so she does her 18 months. And then after her release, she actually moves back to Donalyn Hall. Um, and, but now, because she's s substantially less rich and, you know, everything, she lives there year round. So she lives there until her death. She dies in 2007. Then the home um, from there, it sits vacant for a few years until about 2010 when it's uh, purchased for $35 million. Oh, just one little fun fact. And she, that Leona Helms, like I said, she lived there until her death in 2007. She actually left like 16 or $18 million to her Maltese. She left $18 million to a pet. And granted, there was somebody that had to take care of the pet and everything. So, but it was very specific. He had to spend so much a year on certain things for this pet, like sixty thousand for like like day spas and shit for the pet, and like it was it just craziness. No, she didn't leave it to her family. Eighteen million to a pet. So, just goes to show you what kind of person this Leona Helsley really was. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Um, 
so anyway, yeah, so it's, it's since vacant until about 2010, then it's purchased for $35 million. And the people, it's, I don't know if it was ever really made too public who it was but uh, that bought it, but their idea is to go in, make some, you know, some renovations and uh, nothing major and make a little profit on the home because it is a beautiful home. Yeah. So pick it up for 35. They do some, you know, slight mm-hmm. brief mo- renovations and they uh, put it back on the market for 42.9 million. So looking to make approximately like an $8 million profit on it, but it would just sit on the market, just sit, 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 you know, no. And it was, I mean, partly because now at this point, people have know sort of the history of it and that it's like almost everybody that goes in there falls into some financial ruin. And on top of that, it's the extreme price, 42.9 million. I don't care how rich you are. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And it's 21,000 square feet. People don't want to have to take care of a house that big. Then you have the whole property on top of that, that it's, I mean, that's just, it's crazy. That's just a crazy big house. So um, it sat. And then I think it was, I don't know if it was the same people or somebody came in and bought it maybe off that. No, it probably was the same people. So they do some more renovations where uh, uh, they're hoping you know, fix up a little more and get some more money, but they're also trying to decrease the size of it a little bit. Like they fill in one of the pools because it, it, it had it had a bunch of pools. One of the pool it had like an indoor pool that was like fifty two feet long or something like that, and just just crazy things in it. So they kind of, and they they're able to decrease it by a few thousand feet, which is huge because I mean most of us normal people don't live in huge, you know, like it's. <laughs> You know, 21, that I mean, what you most homes are like 1500, 2000, maybe. Yeah, right around there. So, um, so they so they decrease it a little bit and they put it back on the market. Um, it doesn't sell, so they start decreasing the prices. They decrease the price, it still doesn't sell, it decreases some more. It uh, it still didn't sell, and it's actually. To, to my knowledge, is still on the market to this day. Um, uh, the last uh, the last listing was like tw- or tw- 2018, 19, or 20, somewhere in that range, and it had dropped all the way down to uh, $18 million at this point. And to my knowledge, it's still on the market for somewhere in that range. So that's pretty much it. Are you going to buy the house? It's, well, I mean... It I has mean, a huge discount, but no, probably. <laughs> Even if you had the money, and like that was, and that was like chum change to you. Would you buy it? No, no, I. Yeah. Too much. I, I think. I think. Yeah. No. Too much. Too much bad juju for me. What about you? Yeah. No. It's. Um. I. I wouldn't. Um. It just. There's. It's too much of a pattern at that point. It's not one, two, it's not three. It's more than that. Oh, and something I forgot to mention too is I couldn't find an actual reason for the curse. Like, oh, this person put a hex on the house because of this, blah, blah, blah. Um, But in more recent years, um, so the original owners, the Washburns there, no, no, the original owners weren't the one. They used the person, the Reeds there they, that lived there until 1950. Some of their children and the relatives and stuff 
have come out in recent years claiming that they now remember weird stuff happening around the place, like bed shaking, knocking, just weird sounds, stuff like that. Um, but nothing malevolent or anything, just but mm. just sort of weird things. And then the uh, that showgirl heiress, Greg Sherwood Dodge Moran, I, I don't know, I believe it's some of her children or some of her nieces, nephews. I've claimed similar stuff as well, like bed shaking and, and stuff, but um, they only remembered it more recently. They hadn't even really thought about because it, it wasn't like super traumatic or anything like that. Yeah. So they so take that for what you were, what it's worth. But um, that's uh, yeah, I never found an actual reason for the curse, though. Like, And that's and that's so that almost kind of makes it. A, like a little scarier because it's like so if it's, it had started with um leon hemsley then yeah that's karma that's she, she earned that curse somehow obviously yeah but, yeah but it didn't it started it started so long before that and it for for really no reason it, it really gives like an eerie like yeah it gives like an eerie feel to it it's it's, it's creepy yeah and i was trying to think of things and i'm like well it is Connecticut. I mean, granted, it was the 1900s, so, but, uh, I mean, maybe it was Native American burial site, something like that, you know, something along those lines, but, I mean, I, I, there's no concrete fact. I was just trying to, like, what could do that, you know, like, to do it, but, yeah, I'm not buying this house. I mean, that's... No. That's a that's a pattern. I mean, not that I I have that type of money. Even if I even if I had four hundred million dollars, I'm probably not buying that fucking house just because it's still even with the reduced size, it's still probably eighteen thousand square feet of just home, and then another whatever, however many acres or what twenty six over twenty six acres of so. Wow. I almost I almost feel like I want to take back saying that I wouldn't buy it and I almost I almost feel like if I, if I had the money I would but I, I would not want to live there it, I almost feel like to to reverse any bad karma or a curse or whatever you would almost have to buy it and turn it into something good you got to think this thing has a huge swimming pool probably I don't even I can't even figure out how many rooms giant kitchen and all this stuff why not turn it into like like a like a school or like a you know uh that's cool i like it to help kids or or like 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 yeah, a, a school, like a boarding school orphanage type thing or whatever no i'd like that yeah and, that would be cool and it has the amenities it seems i mean how i can't even fathom how many kids you could fit in there it's oodles yeah, they call it, they said originally it was 28 rooms. I think, I wonder if it was 28 bedrooms. I mean, so it's, yeah, you could do, that's that's actually a great point. Repurpose it for something positive and that's, I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> kind of so, like wipe the slate yeah, clean yeah. or something. But Yeah, great idea. Yeah. Great idea. Time for the strange All right, so I'm really excited to talk about my strange encounter and um, really kind of weird, like in researching the stuff for Connecticut. And I don't know if you had this problem looking at haunting, so I'm, I'm really curious actually. Um, I was finding, so Connecticut has hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of UFO claims, but no details at all. 
that's an issue I've had in other states as well, too, um, and with hauntings and whatever, even the UFO, that it's <clears throat> you you find stuff and but it's like, oh, it's just like the description, a couple lights went over, you know, there's nothing to it. And I definitely had that. And it's tough because we don't want to be like, just come here and be like, oh, yeah, here's a strange encounter because I have to give you a strange encounter and here's a light. You know, this guy, yeah. this guy was on the, you know, driving down the road and he saw a light streak across the road, you know. So I, yeah. I know I, I have run into that problem as well, for sure. Yes. All right. Well, I, I feel a little better about that. So I went in a little different of a direction, which again, why we're strange encounter, not UFO sighting. Yes. Um, I'm actually going to talk about Gravity Hill or Magnetic Hill. Have you ever heard of that? So I know a little bit about them. Um, just recently, I've become aware of them, but I, I don't know too much. I haven't really got to do a deep dive on them. So I'm excited. I'm glad you picked something like this because they're really cool. So. Super cool. All right, so this one is in Sterling, Connecticut, and there are actually other magnetic hills or gravity hills in other states. And there's there is an explanation for it, but I'm I'll I'll explain that after. Um, so what you do is you drive to Main Street and you pull up to the first telephone pole. So this is the lore I'm reading. I'm not sure which one is the first telephone pole. I'm not sure of any of that stuff. But you would pull up to that tel like uh, adjacent to that telephone pole. And you would stop your car and you will notice that you are on an incline, the start of an incline. And you would put your car in neutral, take your foot off the brake. And all of a sudden, instead of rolling back, which you should, you roll forward up the incline. It's it really is super cool. And then people, many people have tried this and said it's it's really unsettling because you are, you know, you have the feeling you're going uphill and it doesn't make sense. And it's really like an other world feeling that it, it's your body just doesn't know how to process it, you know? So one of the rumors as to why this happens is it's actually said to be a curse uh, put on by a witch named Margaret Henry. Now, it's not just cars that roll up this hill. You can do it with a ball, a can, a soda can, uh, you know, soda bottle, anything. Anything around that will roll will roll up this hill. The truth behind Margaret Henry, however, is very different from the legend of the curse. She was actually never found or accused of being a witch or anything like that. And it seems like the story was actually crafted just to explain the phenomenon that happens here. Hmm. Now... In a lot of cases, and I'm sure you feel the same way, is as much as um, as a paranormal investigator, you're a paranormal investigator. Obviously, our goal is to debunk. We want the truth. We want, mm -hmm. but you know, you get that. You get that feeling when you do debunk. You're like, oh man, like you, yeah. you don't want to debunk. You have to, and you do because that's what you're supposed to do, and that's yeah. the only way to get the truth. But you still have that part of you that's like, man. Just but I yep a hundred percent. You just get that. It's just because it's like a and I know we've both said it numerous times. It's like you know skeptics and stuff like that. But we want all of it to be true. I want all of it to be true. You know, yeah. but the and but it's the only way you're going to know if it's true too is if you debunk first and then you come. It, it's mm -hmm. there's no other option. You know. So but yes, it, you're a hundred percent. It is once you, if you do debunk something, it's deflating. It's just like ah. Oh. It 
However, in this case, the actual explanation kind of makes it better for me. It makes it really, like, I love it. It's so cool. Um, what it is, it's actually a naturally occurring optical illusion. It's a, it's a cool. earth-made optical illusion. And wow. yeah, so it's, it's because of the way the horizon is around the road on both sides there's you cannot actually reach a reliable vantage point to see that you are in fact moving downhill not uphill because of the way the horizon sits and the land sits around oh, okay okay and that leads to the odd sensation of why are you rolling uphill it doesn't make any sense you're not but your eyes obviously see you as rolling uphill because of the way everything is around it so it's i love that explanation in any other time like i of course i want everything to be magical whatever but i mean it's naturally occurring optical illusion to me that's magical that's 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 like fantasy i love it so what about how, how do you feel about that i love it too and that's a great point that it that that is sort of satisfying knowing it and because we've said it before about the human body and the world it, it it's this just amazing place if you really you know and i think it happens to the best of us all the time that sometimes we we take for granted this world and like what's in it and everything like that but like that it's a naturally occurring opera that's just wild that because that's you know it's it's the earth but that's also you and that shows how interconnected you are mm -hmm. with you know it, it, it's this it creates it's uh, without sounding too hippy dippy it, it, it's like sort of this beautiful beautiful symbiosis of everything and um yeah it, like knowing that like that didn't deflate me finding out that that was that actually intrigued me more makes me want to research it more yeah. because like i said i have passing familiarity i just became recently familiar with them because of probably some stupid article on 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 a, a social media or something because i go on like once a week just to see what's happening in the world and shit mm -hmm. and um um and i remember and reading a little bit about it and there was like a, a a guy walking uphill but it looked like he was going down or something and it was just like oh that's pretty wild and i forget there may have actually been i remember when i was doing research it was maybe north carolina or alabama has one and um now that i'm thinking about it, rhode island might actually have one uh, uh i think I've really? heard somebody, somebody might have mentioned that now um i'll have to look it up but um yeah fascinating to me just fascinating and that's so cool just that even 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 though it's happening the fact that it looks like it's rolling uphill it looks like a car is going uphill that's just i find that that's so cool to me it's um no i'm glad you picked this i i, I think that's uh that's a great strange encounter again strange encounters it's it's a very broad category so and which i love is that to see what we can bring in and sort of teach the other person about and um you know it's uh yeah no i think that's uh that's a a perfect pick and i think that that's a good that pick actually it, it what i'm noticing too is it's like we so we don't this is for the audience we don't get together before these episodes and talk about what you know like oh like when we're doing our research hey i'm gonna do this you know but it, it this has happened in numerous episodes now that how like what i what you pick and i pick somehow related or tie or or just ties in really nicely you know and it's and it's just by happenstance and um 
And I think, I God, it was, I, I believe, in our North Carolina episode, we were both right around the same town. And then we had another one where it was two of these seismic events happening within the same area, hundreds of miles of each other. And uh, so I always find that really cool, too, that like what we pick, like it, it sort of creates this this really cool underlying theme aside from the theme of our show. So, um, yeah, no, great pick. Great pick. I like to uh, give a, give a little mention though of every once in a while. And, and this is absolutely one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is um, like, I, I like the vibe we have here, but you every once in a while phrase something in a way that like, blows my mind and it's beautiful symbiosis this one that is if if i feel like every couple episodes at least i i can go in and if i could just give you a freaking award for so <laughs> perfectly like saying something like i that is a perfect way to put that it is absolutely i in my wildest dreams i don't think i could have come up with something to so eloquently eloquently uh explain that and it's that that was it so for me this episode that phrase wins well thank you yeah it, it's it comes after years and years and years of being a blowhard so <laughs> every once in a while there, there's a there's a nugget of wisdom or something in there <laughs> so but, perfect love it so yeah so, do we got anything else? I, I think I think I said everything I got. What about you? Anything? No, that's it. Another fun episode. Another really fun episode. And thanks for watching, like always, guys, or or listening, or however you. Um, actually, that's a good good point. Um, you know, now we're, that you got, we're in some episodes, and you guys have been listening or watching, or we're both or whatever for a while. Yeah, send us a message. Tell us how you do consume our podcast. Do you listen in your car? Do you listen at home while you're cleaning? Do you watch it? Be really curious and to see what you guys think. And um, again, guys, thanks for watching. And um, make sure to check us out next week when we set up camp in Colorado. So happy camping. Thanks, guys. Bye. As always, our hosts would like to thank you for joining if you enjoyed the program, please be sure to like, follow, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Find us on Instagram at ScareYourPantsOffPod, no spaces, or on Twitter, ScareYourPantsOffPodcast. Or send us an email with questions, comments, and fan art to ScareYourPantsOff9 at Gmail. See you next time.